On iPhone, we've done something really special. The new tab bar appears with just a tap, and it's directly under your thumb. I know this was one of the few things you didn't have a chance to ask Greg Joswiak and yeah, Greg yeah. Federighi on, on your video, right. but maybe maybe next year. <laughs> I, I, need a, I need a better... Uh, I need more time. You need more t- Yes. <laughs> Sponsored by Ting. My first thought was clearly what they were thinking was the screens are so big now let's see if we can get all of the browser chrome at the bottom or at least more of it at the bottom but when i started using it it just feels so it feels like so many things that used to be one tap away or more than one tap away and i uh, you know is, is it hard to get to the sharing button no i mean you hit the dot 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 button and then there it is share but it's it, it, the share button used to just be there. My persistent takeaway for this, like the essence of what I'm going to complain about is really good intention, uh, not a really great execution. Moving the controls to the bottom of the display makes a lot of sense. They've done that successfully with messages, with maps, with other apps over time. But the specific implementation here, I mean, the minute you start typing something, the, it jumps back to the top. And then it has that that menu button, which is really just a new design of the hamburger button where you just throw everything into the basement possible. It's it's made Safari functionally slower. And I think, you know, 20 years since Don Melton forked KHTML Conqueror to make the Alexander project to start Safari is a weird time to forget that Safari's single purpose is zero regression, that anything that you change has to be paid off by something else to keep the speed. And to me, that includes the speed of user experience. You know, humans are famously averse to change. Even people who like to think of themselves as open-minded, it's it's hard. Um, and there's a phrase I love that better necessarily implies different. So you can't make something better unless you're going to make it different. And so you've got to accept it. And and you know, have we reached the pinnacle of browser UI design? I you know, we probably haven't reached the pinnacle of any design. But and it's a big but the fundamentals of browser design haven't really changed since Netscape in the mid-90s. The basic idea of an address bar, back button, forward button, reload, stop buttons, and some ways to access, conveniently access bookmarks. So if you go to a site all the time, you bookmark it and you can get back to it very quickly. And that I I think that somebody who time-traveled from 1997 and it was used to Netscape or the IE of the time and tried to use last year's Safari would, would pretty much find their way around pretty quickly. I mean, it's, it's more style trends than the fundamental layout. And of course, the phone changed that drastically because the phone is a very different size display. This feels to me like a change that just throws all that habit out, right, and expectations out. And I'm not, I, I really don't get the why behind it. Uh, I, I, it really feels more like change for change's sake and to show off, well, here's our, our take on a browser design and who's asking for that? Like, what is the problem? Like the questions I would want to ask are, what is the problem you're trying to solve? I have a certain amount of sympathy. Like you said, the one-handed ease of use, I can see the ideas there, like the, the address bar at the bottom, being able to swipe between tabs. That's all really efficient, but then it, it's caused these other elements that I use not frequently, but frequently enough that it takes several more clicks to do them all. It's sort of that opposite of the Palm Zen where they counted every click or like Kevin Lynch talks about with a watch where you have two seconds for an interaction. It just, it seems like anathema 
to those. I mean, a month later, I'm still scratching my head at some of the decisions they've made here. That was the same thing for me because I thought like if it takes a week for me to relearn it, like even when they you know, famously got rid of the home button and switched to the gesture-based navigation, within an hour, I don't think either of us missed the home button anymore. It was just easy enough to transition where this, it's been four weeks of me using it and I'm still every time wondering where something is or why it didn't behave in a way that I anticipated it would. To me, one of the grand successes of the post-iOS 7 uh, iOS interface is the share button. Yes. I, uh, it's everywhere. It's very consistent. So I, putting that one level away, I know that this sounds like a, it could be like a chicken little, oh, come on, it's one level away. People are going to find it. I don't know, though. I, I feel like it's disoriented. And and when you do bring up the dot, dot, dot menu, whatever we want to call it, right? I, I, we don't even have a name for it. Hamburger by another name. Um, it looks sort of like a share sheet, yeah. except it's not. It's a very share sheet-like menu that has a share button in it that brings up the actual share sheet. But there's, uh, to me, that's just good. I, I, I'm not sure that people will think to go two levels deep to get the real share button. And I, I think that's a tremendous loss. I really do. Yeah, And, it, and for no good reason. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's strange, again, because they're moving that control to the bottom of the screen to make it easier to use one-handed. But then everything takes longer to do, which is the opposite of being easy to use one-handed. And I feel like if there was some hybrid, if they moved the control, the address bar to the bottom of the screen, but left the, the same amount of things that were exposed or the important things exposed, Previously, there were a slew of buttons there, and if you you learned quickly that if you long pressed them, you got a slew of extra actions. So you had five or six things you could do immediately from reader mode to go back, to go back to everything, to change tabs, to close all tabs. All of that was immediately available. It was just a hassle to move your hands around to get to all of them sometimes. And now, you know, it's, everything's at the bottom, but it's a hassle to find anything at this point. And I don't want to like just dunk on everybody because the WebKit team is one of my favorite teams at Apple. And I really do think that in order to get better, you do have to experiment. It's just sometimes you get the force touch trackpad and sometimes you get the butterfly keyboard. And it's important to sort which one is which as fast as possible. Well, and I wonder, it's one of those things that for, from the outside, how do we know? I mean, is this something, is the WebKit team fully behind this? Is this something from the human, you know, Alan Dye's human yeah. interface team that that was sort of imposed on the Safari team? Like, I, I, But I actually worry, because I love the WebKit team too. I think it's one of Apple's by far most successful yeah. projects, Crown consistently Jules. successful, right, for what, 20 years yeah. now? Uh, almost. Exactly, 20 years, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's been incredibly successful, very consistent, and I would hate to see them see a re regression in the number of users who are using uh, Safari. You know, one of the other things they're obviously trying to do with the iPhone is enable with this bottom address bar is you can swipe left and right on it to switch between tabs left to right. But it's it's a swipeable area that's just a fraction of an inch above the system-wide yes. uh, home indicator, which is what you use to switch left and right between apps. So, And just below it, switching left it, and right between navigation stacks within Safari. Yeah, and it's just it, it, for such a obviously popular, super popular, commonly used app. And I know that there are third-party browsers for iPhone, and that's a whole separate discussion yeah. in the way that they have to use the WebKit rendering engine. Um, 
But we uh, anybody who's even taken a vague look at browser popularity and it's you know worldwide, not just on sites like ours and for audiences, you know, tech oriented audiences like ours, iPhone Safari is crazy popular. And I just worry, you know, I, I really think that that they're taking a big risk for this, uh, and that people are going to clamor for something that pretty much looks like Safari used to look. The thing to me that makes it so tough is that, you know, Apple and Google clearly have very different priorities when it comes to the browser. Google is all in on making the browser a native client, you know, progressive web apps and service bots, all those things. And Apple is really focused on performance, like the, the sheer speed of rendering, battery efficiency, which is really important to me, and privacy. Like I love some of the new features, all the anti-tracking they've put in, and now private relay, I think is great. And that only exists on Safari, which makes my dependency on Safari, if anything, greater than it was before. So I think for me, what I would love to see is some sort of slight walk back, like leave the leave the UI on the bottom, just uh, don't bury as many things, you know, allow some of those things to exist and live there, maybe where people expect them to live. I, I guess on iPhone, I would really like to see them try to work the share, the regular system share button out of the hamburger menu. And get that at somewhere, you know, in the bottom, at the top. I don't know. And maybe try to re- bring back the AA button for 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 stuff like that. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I just it's it it looks simple, but it actually is more complicated. And that that's the fundamental. I think that there it that's doing things backwards. It should be simpler, even if it doesn't look quite as simple. Yeah, uh, and I think absolutely. I mean, perfect example of simple and easy is cutting your phone bill in half with Ting. You had to see that coming. They have this hotter than our Safari hot take summer deal going on right now, set 12, which gives you 12 gigabytes of data with unlimited talk and text for just 35 bucks a month. And you can even get unlimited for 45 bucks a month, whatever you need. And Ting works with pretty much any phone from the latest iPhone to all the Samsung's Pixels, Motos, RIP, LG, and more. Keep your existing phone, keep your existing number. If you want to, just go to renee.ting.com and check out the plans and see how much you could save because it could be a lot. Plus you get access to the best nationwide coverage in America, along with award-winning customer support if and when you need help at all. And because you're watching this video, you'll also get $25 off. Just click the link in the description or go to renee.ting.com and get $25 off. And clicking on the link really helps out this channel. For more on iOS 15, including my complete iOS 15 preview, deep dives into iCloud Private Relay, and so much more, just hit that playlist above and I'll see you in the next video.